So, the capital campaign. That was, that was uh, 18 months ago. 18 months ago we put that together. And it's hard not to watch that video and focus on all the things that have changed, isn't it? And I know some of you have been here throughout all of those transitions. Um, there are a lot of people in that video that aren't here anymore. A lot of people that have moved on. Um, some, most, I think, for the right reasons. Uh, especially when we think about uh, our sister church, El Shaddai, and uh, church planting and uh, seeing a new church get birthed. Um, there's a lot of good things that have changed. And as I look out across the congregation even this morning, there are new faces here this morning. And uh, that is always a good thing as well. But it's incredible. I don't think we started this video and we started this capital campaign journey thinking that 18 months would go by and so many things would change. But it is time to kind of reflect. Where do we stand now? Where do you stand if you are uh, somebody who pledged and, and gave to this particular campaign? Um, where do you stand if you weren't here then? And uh, maybe you want to be involved and maybe there's... There's absolutely still a way for you to be involved if uh, you're still interested. But how are we doing? How are we doing as a church? How are we doing on our mission? And how are we doing with our vision? That's really the, the goal of today is to provide that update for each and every one of you. This is us. So where did the idea of a hub come from? This is us. We are right in the center although it's not an exact center, but, it, you know, you get the idea, right? The, the circle there represents um, kind of the city of Rochester, and right in the center of that is New Hope. So our location here was the idea that we, we sort of see ourselves as being ideally or centrally located within the city of Rochester with uh, pretty good access to all four quadrants, even though we made more than four in that, you know, six there, but uh, there's... You know, we, we think about ways that the city gets broken up, whether it's the 19th Ward or, ward or the South Wedge or the Northeast Side, the Beachwood neighborhood, the Northwest Side. Um, we think about how the city kind of gets divided up, and New Hope has access. And those little red dots all represent homes, people that are currently connected to us. And so you can see that we have people living throughout the city of Rochester. So when we read about our vision as being the, the hub of life transformation, right, um, that's the idea. That's where that came from. So this is then and now. Uh, the picture on your left is one that I took way back in the, the early spring of 2017, and here we are today, the one on the right. Sorry I didn't get a nice sunny day like the first one. I didn't mean to not do that, but uh, you can see how much has changed. It's a little bit hard for you guys to see in there, but all the buildings are going up. Obviously, the uh, on-off ramp there wasn't done uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, it's done now. Some of you have you take advantage of that. You know, you just get off and come right across the road to our parking lot. Uh, so that was then and now. So as the city's been changing, and if you'll recall when we first started this, the idea was that as the city changed, as our streetscape changed, we wanted to be changing with it. We wanted to keep up with uh, the momentum that the city was investing. Uh, just a little slightly different angle so that you could see 
Uh, right now, there's more buildings, more maybe townhouses, condos going up, and uh, continues to develop and fill in that space. Uh, you can see what wasn't there and now maybe what is there. Uh, more to come, right? So that whole corridor up and down Union Street is, is massively different in just a year and a half. This was our vision. This is what we came up with, to be a hub of life transformation that brings the hope of Jesus Christ to all four quadrants of the city of Rochester. The idea being that we would both go into our neighborhoods, into the quadrants of the city, but also that we wanted this space to be a welcoming space. We wanted this space to be one that people could utilize for a variety of different reasons. Um, so there was a component that was sort of bricks and mortar. So the, we wanted to be a building that became a little bit more indispensable to our neighborhood. And then there was also this idea of being indispensable people. The motivation behind that, and you've heard this maybe in some other context, that is, if, if we didn't exist, would this neighborhood miss us? If we didn't exist anymore, if we had to go out of business, if the church had to close, would this neighborhood miss us? And we don't want to be a church that is kind of nameless and faceless and without impact in our community. It's nice that we all gather together on Sunday, but what difference is that making in our lives, and then as we go out into the community, what difference is that making out into the community? So there were two components. These were the two components to our capital campaign, a bricks-and-mortar component and a people component. So let's just focus on the bricks-and-mortar piece first. Uh, the capital campaign, I'll just give you some metrics. Those of you that are interested in the numbers and how we're doing so far on the actual financial commitments, 30 family units pledged $125,170 originally back in April of 2017. It was a significant, significant investment and pledge. Uh, really far exceeded even some of my goals, not the goals of our campaign uh, chair, uh, Orlando Thomas. He, he kept saying, dream big, dream bigger, dream bigger. And, and finally, we got up to a number where he's like, okay, I think that's probably good. And, and guess what that number was? It was $125,000, and we met that goal originally as a pledge. So thank you to Orlando Thomas for casting vision that was a little bit bigger than my own, and I thank him for that. Uh, since then, we have had five family units transition. And um, let me just do a little parenthetical, a little side note here. One of those family units is Anita Hogan, and she passed away this summer. Um, for those of you that are interested, next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a brief, short memorial service for Anita. Anita largely passed away unknown. In fact, we didn't even really know about it until we dug and did some research, and people kind of thought, we haven't seen Anita for a while, and, and we found out that Anita passed away in her apartment, largely unknown. And um, I don't know. We, we tried to track down some family, really couldn't find anybody. We know she has a brother, uh, and there's some cousins, but uh, we really couldn't find anybody that she left behind. Uh, there was no service for her. And so some people here are very interested in just having a time of closure for Anita. So I'm gonna, I'll invite anybody that would like to come uh, on Next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we'll be in here, and we'll just have a, a memorial service. And to an extent, you know, obviously we'll be mourning uh, Anita's loss, but some of these other families, and you saw them in the video, and some of you know them, some of these other families have transitioned on, and there's also a hole in our hearts for them as well. And uh, we're missing some people. And that makes it hard to kind of think, you know, what, where, what's this vision, and what's our momentum when we're 
missing these people and how do we keep growing and how do we keep incorporating in new people and also celebrating their lives but also kind of grieving and lamenting and so I think next Sunday night kind of looks a little bit to me like that opportunity for us to just reflect a little bit more on, uh, on who we are. But revising our pledge total, we should be at about $113,000 in terms of our total goal. And uh, to date, as of August, we have uh, received $52,900 of that goal, and that's 99% of that revised total. That's really something to celebrate. Amen? Halfway through our capital campaign, we have received almost 100% of where we should be given the revised numbers. Uh, the interesting number there is that our expenses have exceeded our income. We're pretty aggressive on doing some projects here. The only way that that was possible is uh, back in March of 2017, half of our roof blew off on this side over here. And so we got uh, a, a nice little insurance check uh, to help repair that side of the roof, which then also allowed us to do this side of the roof. So we've actually exceeded our expenses, but only because we got an, uh, an additional blessing there. Uh, which wasn't a blessing to begin with, but it turned into one and allowed us to do the whole roof. So those are just some basic uh, campaign metrics, um, and uh, you can reflect on your own personal situation within those numbers. Here's some of the things where those expenses have gone to. I just said we did a, a new roof. That was in 2017. Um, the other thing we did in 2017 was our mural. You saw in the video we had a mock-up of something. We knew we wanted a mural on the wall, uh, and then we had uh, Justin come in and uh, give us a mock-up of this, and um, this still continues to attract attention. Just the other day, the people that were out blacktopping or uh, sealing the driveway were out there, and I saw them. I came out uh, as I was leaving work one day, and they, they were just staring at the wall. And they're like, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to splatter any of that stuff on it, right? <laughs> they're like, oh, no, no, we, we will be extra careful. I was like, good. All right, we're good. Yes, it is awesome. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I don't see Jim Heiser here today, but, you know, Jim, his whole testimony about joining our church was as a result of this mural. He was, walking down the, he was walking down the alley one day, going wherever he was going, and he saw Justin doing this work, and he just stopped, and he stared, and, and for days he just kept coming back. And Jim really describes himself, and, and he's going to share his testimony again for those of you that haven't heard it, but um, he describes himself as really being on the edge. He wasn't sure where he was going and if he was even going to continue going there. Um, and this mural sparked a, a new thought in him, a new idea. Um, I ended up meeting him one day, and we began to talk a little bit. He eventually, a few months later, decided to come to church. Uh, he's now being actively discipled and uh, walking through the Bible and growing, uh, thanks to the help of a few men in the church here. And uh, I'm just thrilled, just thrilled. And it's all due to this mural. We knew that, you know, when we say we didn't want to just be sort of invisible in this neighborhood, this was our way of, of making a quick transformation of our building. Uh, we renovated a conference room, not all that fun, but it's a great space now for meeting and meetings and that sort of thing. Uh, we renovated an office, uh, so that's one of the things that we've done as well. You can go up and see that. Uh, we painted some bathrooms. Not all great fun stuff, right? But this has all been part of the expenses 
This roof here, some of you will remember, we got a little bit of a scare when we went up and we found that our trusses were falling, were kind of separated up there. And uh, so our administrator took immediate evasive action and we started meeting in the community room for a few weeks till we could assess the structural integrity of this room. Uh, then we had some volunteers come in from Edgewood and um, they re-engineered our trusses and finally uh, in the beginning part of this year they finished so that this ceiling is now probably stronger than it was when we started. Uh, it's not definitely not going to fall down on us, uh, so we are very thankful about that. And then probably our biggest expense to date, and uh, sadly, <laughs> our chimney. Uh, so take a look at our chimney. We're, you know, we have to be a little proud, but it's one of those things that who cares, right? It's a chimney. But it really was about to fall down. It was crumbling. When they, the masons tell us when they took the chimney down to repair it, they were literally just picking the bricks off. Like they didn't even have to chip them away. Uh, that's how badly deteriorated our chimney was. So a couple of good windstorms and who knows what would have happened. But we now have a brand new chimney. It definitely cost more than we thought it would um, to the tune of about $21,000 we invested in that chimney. Um, but it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's a good chimney. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in doing that, though, we, uh, we had to delay a couple of the other projects. My big goal was to try and do our concrete pad out there and maybe start the pergola this year. Uh, but that's not going to happen this year due to the chimney expense. So we're, uh, we're looking at the early part of next year to do that. So that's where our expenses have gone. What about being the hub? So we've talked about this, this building not just being um, a place where we have church on Sundays, but also what are we trying to do to, to get more activity, more energy going on during the week? Uh, of course, we have rain. That was pre-existing, but it's still very much a part of our building being used four times a year, all week long, and uh, we get good activity going on within the building, and it's a good use of our building. We've hosted a couple of Red Cross blood drives, uh, so that's been going on. We just had the last one last week, and if you, didn't, if you missed that one, we'll probably have another one coming up in February. Uh, we're going to try to do that twice a year here, and this is a good central location, so if you like to give blood or you do that on a regular basis, know that we're going to be doing that here. We have hosted a group called Indivisible Rochester. Uh, I think they have finished with us. They're not coming back anymore, but we were hosting them uh, once a month. Um, we are now currently hosting a new church plant. On Sunday afternoon, some of you might not realize that we are um, at 4 o'clock, after our morning and our 1 o'clock service, we are now hosting a church plant that is meeting in here from 4 to 6. Uh, so we're happy to be a part of that process as well. We've hosted things like the Rochester Voter Alliance. Uh, they've come in and held workshops and that sort of thing. And uh, we are just getting off the ground, and I didn't put it up here, I ran out of space, but we're just getting off the ground something called the New Hope Immigration Legal Services Clinic, a New Hope Legal Services Clinic. And that's going to be helping all of our families who have come here from other countries, primarily our African refugee families, to, uh, be, to work through the documentation that is necessary that they need to establish their citizenship and, and other types of things to make sure that they are in good uh, standing with, uh, with the government here. And uh, we have lots of, that work is already happening under the radar, and one of those um, citizenship classes has already been held here. And uh, that's going to be something that's growing, and you'll hear more about that uh, under the direction of Patty Welch. And uh, she's going to be leading that uh, effort. But the New Hope Immigration Legal Services is kind of a, a next step for New Hope uh, in the work that we have done for about a decade now with our families that have come here from Africa. So we're working on becoming the hub. There's a lot of activity. Some of it you might see, some of it you don't see. 
Uh, certainly the bricks and mortar pieces you don't all see. I could talk to you about the boiler. I know, I know, it's thrilling. We could talk about all the work that's going on behind the scenes in this building. But thank you. For those of you that are giving and faithfully giving with your pledges, it is making a difference. And it's making a difference in ways that uh, sometimes we're not all excited about. But truly, this building is, is getting upgraded and we're working on becoming the hub. You heard the message that, um, that Tanya shared. Um, and it really flowed out of, when, when we get to the people component of this. So there's the bricks and mortar, right? It's about the building a little bit, but then there's the people component. And we didn't just want to have a capital campaign that was all about renovations. But what do we do as a church to reach out into our neighborhoods? And this verse became kind of our theme verse. It's from Matthew chapter 5, and it's verses 13 to 16. This actually is the message version, and I really liked the way Eugene Peterson puts this And it really spoke to me and spoke at the time of our capital campaign. And here's another way to put it, he says. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Isn't that just a nice way of thinking about our role as people, our role as image bearers of Jesus Christ? He lives in us, and we are to shine and reflect that out to others. Yes, we do that through a bricks-and-mortar piece, right? We want this building to be a nice place for people to come and to visit and to be welcoming and all of those sorts of things, but a building means nothing if the people inside it aren't alive and sharing that same light and sharing and shining what's going on inside of our hearts and sharing that good news. And so this became our theme verse throughout the entire capital campaign and has kind of remained sort of a theme for us. Are we shining? Are we making a difference? Are we moving into our neighborhoods and touching the people that we rub shoulders with on a day-to-day basis, whether it's at work or maybe it's in your, your neighbors at home or maybe it's just when you go to the grocery store. Wherever it is, is your light shining? Are you letting people know what difference God has made in your life. That's really the the heart of this. When we thought about that verse, we came up with this particular strategy. We wanted to target urban neighborhoods where we have people living already. I showed you that graphic early on. There's a lot of people living within the city already, and we said, well, let's, let's not try to reinvent the wheel. Let's just go to the neighborhoods where they live. And then we'll work with those people who already have a plan. So if you're living and working in the city already... Maybe your heart's already moving, and at the time we were thinking about the community houses over in the Beechwood neighborhood, and there was a lot of stuff going on at the Beechwood neighborhood already, and so we're like, let's join with all the work that's going on over there and connect with those who aren't urban, because we have a variety of people within our church. Let's connect those who aren't necessarily urban with those who are, and then we can be this bridge between resources and needs and kind of think about our ministry in that way. So that was our strategy, and uh, there was a lot of momentum around that, Uh, And then there's been a lot of transition 
in our community houses, and a lot of things have changed in our community houses, and, and we're kind of regrouping on all of that. We're kind of rethinking what is going on, what is happening in each of our neighborhoods, and we've got to take, uh, kind of reevaluate where are we making those investments and how are we making those investments. And even as we have gone along, one of the new things that's happened here, we had a, a church, a former church member, and I say former like many, many years ago, he came back and visited us over the summer. And um, he's urban. He likes the city. And uh, he looked at our church now in relation to downtown and how we're connected and the streets are connected and all this building up is happening between us. And he's like, you know, you guys really ought to start thinking of yourself as a downtown church. You know, maybe before you, we were a little bit cut off. You know, he was a part of us before. Maybe we were a little bit cut off. That inner loop kind of made us feel a little bit isolated from what was going on in the city. And he said, no, no, you guys are connected now. You need to start thinking of yourself as a downtown church. And that resonated with me for sure. You know, we're looking at getting into the neighborhoods, but for sure there's a neighborhood right around us. And Richmond Street right here, there's a lot of young professionals that are moving in here. And there's a lot of college students that are moving in here. And there's uh, also the, the building uh, projects that are going on over there, the apartments and the condos and the townhouses that are going in over there. There's a lot of change that's happening right in this neighborhood. So I'm not discounting that this neighborhood is also an area where we want to make an investment. Um, but we are committed to going where the Lord leads and where the Lord puts on your heart for us to go as well. What do we do now? How do we stay on track? 18 months into this, when we look at the changes and the people and the changes in the circumstances and that sort of thing. This is actually a slide. I didn't change it one bit. This is a slide from back in April of 2017. And it got me to reflect a little bit. When Jesus was walking the earth and he got halfway through, he started out with a bang and a lot of people were really interested a lot of people were really committed. A lot of people were excited even. Because what was he doing? He was healing people and he was doing all this dramatic stuff and there was something new and there was a lot of energy around what he was doing. And, and that kind of continued until sort of the last half when he started transitioning to getting ready to be crucified. And he sat down and he would have these longer conversations with people and I think it started to become a little bit more apparent that it wasn't just about the dramatic stuff. To be his disciple was going to mean that it was going to be about a life that was a little bit different than the rest of the world. And scripture talks about how people began to drift away. People began to go their own direction. And it's kind of interesting to read those stories. And so I was reflecting a little bit upon that in, in our own journey and how if we want to continue to be this church that has a vision to reach this city and if we want to continue to be a church that's on mission, it's not like it's a, a three-year only thing, right? We're, we're kind of setting ourselves up for a much longer term. But, but even now, reflecting on our circumstances, we must be these three things. We've got to stay focused, I don't think the vision has changed one bit. I believe that God called us to the vision that he called us to. 
But we've got to be pretty resolute and pretty firm about that and not waver because of our circumstances. And isn't that our tendency as people? Isn't the tendency really to hit a rough patch, to go through a difficult season, to to struggle with something, and then all of a sudden to start questioning the mission and the vision? It's not something that we should be questioning, the mission and the vision. It's, It's how do we get through that circumstance? How do we get through and work through those emotions, being fair to ourselves, being honest with ourselves, that some of the changes hurt? It's not always easy. We might not see ourselves in the same way, in the same context of, the, of that vision, but, but God has not changed the vision and the mission. He might have changed us. And maybe in response, we have to shift course a little bit in terms of our strategy, but, but the mission and the vision, we have to be resolute about. And that's one thing that Jesus never wavered from, did he? His public ministry opened up, and he was about one thing. I'm here to do my Father's will. And he knew, he knew what his father's will was. He knew that his ministry would land him squarely on the cross. But he never wavered. When people were coming to him and happy with him, and when people were trying to throw him off the edge of a cliff, he never wavered. This is what we're called to. And that's what we're going to go through as a church. And I think that's what we've been through in the first 18 months of this particular capital campaign. We've gone through some trials and some difficulties and individuals of you have your own stories. They're not necessarily related to the church exactly, but you have your own stories of going through trial and circumstance. And where do we stand? Do we stand on the promises of God? Do we stand and trust God that he's going to continue to carry us through and he's going to continue to show us the way or do we waver and do we lose heart and do we lose hope or do we lose focus? So, from my standpoint, I think we need to reflect today on all of that. These are the things that I think this is where we're at 18 months in. We need to celebrate our financial progress. I think that's fantastic. To be 99% good on the pledges that have been made, given the changes that we've gone through, that is something to celebrate. And I am grateful to each and every one of you that is committed to that and is pledging to that. We as a church board are just ecstatic about that. And that is something to celebrate. And certainly for those of you that weren't even a part of that, if you are inspired by this, want to be a part of that, then by all means, let us know. Hop on board with that. We'd love to talk with you about that. But I also think as you look outside... And as you drive in, you see we're keeping pace. And that feels good to me. We're keeping pace with the changes that are going on in the neighborhood. Some of the changes that we've made on our building, they're, they're not fun stuff, right? But, but we're getting there. We're doing little things or big things that, or things that cost a lot anyway, right? And we're, we're doing things, and it's keeping pace with the neighborhood. And that was one of our original goals. We need to continue developing our people strategy. I think in some ways that's going to continue to ebb and flow. This fall we're going to be doing some things to kind of reimagine what that looks like, what our strategy looks like. We're going to be inviting all of you to be a part of uh, some small groups, one-time commitment only, just one meeting with some of you in people's houses. And we're going to reflect and ask you to give some feedback on where you think you're at. And some of the things that we could do better, some of the things to to connect with you, to help resource you to to grow in your faith and your discipleship. We're calling them kind of discipleship focus groups. 
Uh, you might even be getting a survey that's coming out in, the, in another week or so uh, that's going to ask you to respond to some questions. So we want to do better at connecting. We want to do better at building those small groups, small group communities and partnerships. Because honestly, I think that's really where the rubber hits the road. Sunday is great, right? But some people live Sunday to Sunday and they're just hanging on by a thread throughout the rest of the week. And we need each other. In small group contexts, we need each other to encourage one another to build that community, that support network, because that's really where life is lived. And so we're going to be encouraging each and every one of you to be a part of a small group again. We've done this last year, and and it worked pretty well, but we're going to be doing that again. So be on the lookout for that. But our people strategy may consistently change, whether it's how we're going to reach Richmond Street, How are we going to do some outreach and let people know that we're here and that there's opportunities for them? Or how are we going to get into the 19th Ward and and make a difference in that community? What's what's going on in the South Wedge? What's changed up in the Beechwood neighborhood? And what do we need to be reimagining about Beechwood or up on the Northwest side over by Maplewood and other things? What can we be doing? So ask the Lord. You know, there is a place for a leader to cast a vision, right? But there's also a place in our church, the Free Methodist Church, for anyone who is called of God to help inform that vision and inform that strategy. It's not just for me to stand up here and articulate, this is where we're going and you need to get on board. It's for all of us to collectively discern the will of God and then to discern together how we're going to accomplish that strategy. So I invite each and every one of you to be prayerful about our mission about our vision, about our role, where do we need to be investing and what difference do we need to be making. But one of the biggest takeaways 18 months in is I think we are making progress. I think we are making progress. It looks a little different, right? There's some things that look different. There's people that look different. But it's fantastic. And for those of you that are new to the church, you are absolutely a part of this mission and vision with us. And we are excited to have you be here and be a part of this mission and vision. So if you want to know more about that or if there's ways that you would like to plug in, things that you'd like to be doing more, please talk to me. Talk to some of the leaders of the church and let's get you plugged in. Let's be a part of what's going on. Uh, Because there's all kinds of opportunities and things happening in the background. Amen? So this is our kind of midway update. And... uh, just encourage you guys to be in prayer, be rethinking where, we've, where we are in this journey and where we are together. I'd like you to take a few minutes now and uh, just reflect in your own way, in your own time. Um, there's prayer cards in front of you. There's an opportunity to share a tithe or an offering, a gift, anything. Our ushers will be uh, able to receive those. We have basket up here if you'd like to at some point during one of our closing two songs. Um, But we're just going to give a few minutes for you to reflect. We'll sing a couple closing songs and then we'll be done. Uh, Next week we will be kicking off a new sermon series. I've titled the series, I Just Don't Get It. And we're going to be working through the story of Jonah for three weeks. I just don't get it. It'll be an interesting opportunity for us to reflect both upon our view of God but also our view of the world and the people around us and how sometimes those things don't always align Uh, and when they don't align what do we do with that how do we respond to that so 
Uh, if anybody you know, friend or family member, might be, uh, need to hear that thought uh, or some of the thoughts that will be shared, please invite them. They will be welcome. And then uh, there's a couple of great events coming up. They're in your bulletin, I hope. Um, but September 15th and September 30th, I want to invite you all to come out, talk about building community. September 15th, the Fringe Festival will be going on. We're going to have uh, an activity up in our community room, a get-to-know-you activity. And we're going to spill out outside and do some marshmallows in an open fire pit outside on Saturday evening. Uh, and so hope you can come out. It's just going to be a time of hanging out, enjoying each other. We'll have some food and that sort of thing. And then on September 30th, we're going to do a little bit more of a a major kickoff for our fall year, and it's going to be built around the Set Free movement and the Set Free campaign, uh, making and bringing awareness to human trafficking and human slavery. Uh, And so we invite you to bring your friends to that as well. So some key dates, some things to be looking forward to. Um, There are many things happening around the life of the church, so let us know if you want to be plugged in in any way. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I am... Profoundly aware of the change that we've experienced in just 18 short months. But I'm also profoundly aware that that's not a surprise to you. In fact, that's something that in many ways you experienced yourself. And so, Lord, I pray that as we think through where we're going and what you've called us to do, the vision that you've given us to be a hub for life transformation that brings your hope, the hope of Jesus Christ, into all four quadrants, to every part of this city, Lord. I I pray that we will not be deterred by our circumstances or the changes. But, Lord, I also pray that we will rally around one another and build the community of people and support and loving relationships that are necessary to sustain us when times get a little bit, bit difficult and when things get rocky. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the needs that are all around us. Lord, let us not just blaze through every day and just feel like we've got our tasks done, but give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Soften our hearts to respond in ways that are lovingly necessary in any given situation. And Lord, we want to, in all ways, bring you glory and bring you honor and bring you praise. We thank you, Lord. We open ourselves to hear from you now. In Jesus' name, amen.